Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Oh, we don't play that. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. This is where we're living life like it matters. And it's the week after Leadership Awakening. You know, last weekend, uh, we were in uh, Minneapolis, our first class in Minneapolis in over two years, uh, really pre-pandemic, or right at the cusp of the pandemic, if you will. And so we had a chance to go back last weekend and... Had a great class, starting with eight people, wound up with six people. Uh, it was a very tough class, but you know the cool thing about what I do? What I do is situational leadership, and so you can't fake it. Well, actually, you can attempt to fake it for about 24 hours, and usually by about Friday afternoon, uh, you can only fake it so long in my training. Just like you can only fake it so long in a business, you can only fake it so long in a relationship. You know, there is a... What is it, a three-month probation period when you get hired? Because people put their best foot forward. It's the court and philosophy, right? Ladies, you know this, right? Where a man really wants you, boy, he'll do everything, right? He'll open the door. He'll hold his tongue. Uh, he'll uh, pull your chair out, right? Until he gets what he gets, right? And then all of a sudden, yeah, we forget. We forget what we did. You know, it's kind of like Jesus when he's talking to the church uh, in Ephesus in in Revelation 2. He says, "Um, I only have one thing against you is that you've forgotten your first love. Go back to what you first did. And the cool thing about what I do is it is situational leadership. I put pressure on people. And then the way people respond in their lives shows up in the classroom. See, the way people respond in my training is exactly the way they respond in their personal and business life. Only the faces and the situations change because we are creatures of habit. And that's why the situational leadership aspect is so powerful about what I do because you can't read a book about certain things. You can't be lectured about certain things. Certain things you can only learn in the fires of life. Certain things you can only experience in the ring of battle. Certain things uh, you can only understand when you walk through them. That's why empathy is so powerful. It's the ability to walk a mile in someone else's moccasins, to actually put on their experience. And today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to be joined by a recent graduate, one of our class members uh, last weekend from Team 233. Right on. You know, and one thing I would say, and I believe this with all my heart, I've walked with enough people intimately. If other people said and did to us what we allow in our heads, we would never tolerate that. And see, from this understanding, I've coined the phrase, and you've heard me say it before, I met the enemy, and he's living in my shorts. I met the enemy, and he's living in my shorts. In other words, if other people said and did to us what we allow in our heads, we'd never tolerate that. We'd never hang out with people. And there are many things we cannot control in life, and there are many things we can. Choices have consequences. We get to choose the choice, but we don't always get to choose the consequence. 
And since choices and consequences and choosing to be aware and control our self-talk has great consequences and opportunities, today I want to delve into that. I want to talk about all that. And I want you to understand that our power and our freedom and in something called epigenetics. Epigenetics is a fascinating study of, of the power that we have to control our genetic makeup. Isn't that weird? Let me give you the Reader's Digest version of epigenetics from uh, cdc.gov. Uh, says epigenetics is the study of biological mechanisms that will switch genes on and off. Did you hear that? Epigenetics is the study of biological mechanisms that will switch genes on and off. To be put as a simplified definition. Isn't that great? What does this mean? Well, if you're new to the whole thing, the first need is a quick crash course in biochemistry. And a little bit later, I'll go through that a little bit. But basically, DNA gives the instructions for various functional proteins pr produced into the cells. This process is also known as the central dogma of molecular biology. Now that you understand genetics, let's learn about epigenetics. Epigenetics affects how genes are read by cells and subsequently whether the cells should produce relevant protein. In other words, we can turn on or off genes based on certain things and based on our environment. Matter of fact, one of my favorite books called Biology Belief, in there, Dr. Bruce Lipton, who basically covers the, the concept of epigenetics, he, he does this quote, we're technically a community of 300 trillion cells, all driven by their environment. See, we used to believe that the nucleus drove the cell. Uh, but Dr. Lipton said we're wrong. It's not the nucleus. It's the cell membrane. We are a product of our environment. And let me suggest that there's so many people out there self-medicating, so many people surviving, so many people getting through, getting through the next week, getting through the next anniversary, getting through the next month, getting through the summer, getting through the school year, getting through the baseball season, getting through the trauma, getting through the drama, getting through the ups of your marriage, getting through the downs of your marriage. So many people are so busy getting through, getting over, that they're not fully present in the now moment. And what we do to ourselves is toxic. Matter of fact, I reference the book all the time, What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. Uh, it's by Shad Helmstetter, PhD. And Shad studied stuff like what I do. Matter of fact, from the book, I'll just quote from the book. In years of Shad Helmstetter studying motivation and human psychology, he learned much about motivational concept, theories, and ideas. He talked to trainers, participants, those that were successful, those that were not. In his analysis of what worked and what did not, he found three ingredients which are clearly missing from almost all the literature and trainings. Now, I'm not going to go through the first two. <clears throat> it's not relevant to what we're talking about today. But let me read word for word what he put down for number three. He says, the third missing ingredients, and he parenthetically says, the most important of all. Again, here's his PhD. He uh, studies people. He knows people. He studies leadership training, motivational training. And he says, there's missing three things from most of this stuff. It's just raw, raw. It's just feel good. It's just a little pump you up. And when the, the pumper of the up goes away, uh, the pumper fades and then it goes down you got my point so the third missing ingredient 
the most important of all is a new word-for-word set of directions, new programming to the subconscious mind, the control center of the brain. That means a specific programming vocabulary, which is worded in a specific way that anyone can use at any time to erase, replace the old negative programming with positive, productive, new directions. He's talking about our self-talk. And in the study of epigenetics, we learn 30 to 60 thousand thoughts per day that's what we have 30 to 60 thousand thoughts per day and those thoughts make us sick make us turned on make us turned off make us spacey make us focused make us angry make us bitter make us excited it's all what we listen to over and over and over It's the narrative. Remember, everything we do or do not do is driven by belief system. And what do we believe? Those things we tell ourselves over and over and over and over. And see, that's what I do in the training. I put a little pressure on people. Why? So I can get their programs that are playing in their head, right? We talk about it all the time. For some of you, it hasn't been playing that long because you're young. So you have a CD. For some of you, it's been playing a lot longer. So you have some vinyl, like an 8-track, or maybe even an 8-track, right? And so you got to scratch that CD. you got to break that LP. you got to pull on that 8-track. And it's hard. That's why you go to my training, where I can pull you out of the rat race alive, put a little pressure on you, and give you the opportunity to ask and answer some important questions. Who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? If today was my last day on this planet, did it matter one bit that I was given the gift of life? And then it's time to go into our head and listen to what we listen to all the time because it dictates what we do. So I am Mr. Black. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about epigenetics. We'll be right back. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. My mind is aglow with whirling transient nodes of thought careening through a cosmic vapor of invention. Duly noted. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. What are those three? Those are principles. Those are outcomes. Those are what we want you to leave this hour of power with. We want you to be inspired. Keep hope alive. You know, hope tells us that no matter what's going on today, tomorrow can be better. And that's what inspiration is about, to move you, to motivate you. And then we got education. You know, we got to learn. 
You know, our brain is the one organ in our body that never has to deteriorate. Yeah, I wish it was a different one as well, but it's the brain Use that your never head, has man. to deteriorate. <laughs> I know. Uh, and then, you know, once you realize all that, you can really make a difference. You can really understand who you are and, and what you're doing and why you're here. And that's what I do. You know, we get so busy with the rat race in life that we forget uh, certain things. Uh, the other day we did a show called Remembering the Right Things. Leaders remember the right things because we have a tendency to lock into things that don't really matter. We have a tendency to remind ourselves of all the negative stuff. We have a tendency to have pain and trauma from the past that gets locked in when we're five or six or 12 or 30 or 22, whatever the age is. And then it takes over and it becomes the, the, the overriding program, if you will. And so what I do in my training is I bring people in and I put a little pressure on them and I have them ask and answer important questions. I have them take a personal inventory, take a look at their strengths, take a look at the weaknesses, work on reinforcing the strengths and minimizing the soft areas. And in two and a half days, if they're willing, that's the key. Because NLP only works in the presence of desire. You cannot force change on anybody. That's where the saying comes, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I can get you into class. Someone could twist your arm and make you go to my training. But what you do when you get there dictates what you get out of it when you leave there. And so after my class, I love to have graduates share, come on the radio and share just the impact of 48 hours, because most people think their life is what it is, that they can't change, that they're just a victim of their circumstance, that they're just the way they are, that this is just my lot in life. And I'm going to tell you, scratch that CD, break that LP, come on, pull on man. that 8-track, uh, because whatever you believe, you'll move in that direction. Uh, Henry Ford once said, and I thought it was the stupidest quote I've ever heard, uh, if you think you can or think you can't, you are correct. I'm going to tell you, that guy who was once sued for not being that smart was a pretty smart dude because he's correct. So let's go to our phone lines and let's welcome uh, Kim to Like It Matters Radio. How you doing, Kim? Hi, Mr. Black. Great. Thank you. Is it a great day to be alive? <laughs> it is a great day to be alive. <laughs> so um, your um, fiancé, uh, we have a mutual friend, uh, David, and uh, David is a guy I coach. He's a, he heard me on the radio. Uh, he's been through my training. He's been on my radio program with me a couple times, and uh, David uh, has been through my training, and, and David asked you if you'd be willing to go, and uh, <laughs> you signed up. Let me ask you, what did you decide to go for? What was the reason that you said, okay, I'm going to do this Thing. Was there a reason? Well, I knew my fiancé was transformed by the experience because he was in a difficult, very difficult time. Mm -hmm. And I trust him. He, uh, I trust his judgment and all of that um, sort of stuff. And mm -hmm. also, I have just very deep but subtle stuff that uh, affects me way too often that I've wanted to work through on uh, you know, at a deeper level and at a, just at any level that, that, yeah. um, that I haven't complete, hadn't completely gotten to. And, um, I'm still processing the yeah. workshop. I think for the next week, I'll probably be processing yeah. the gist of it. At least. <laughs> at least. Yeah. And here's the cool thing, Kim, you and I are, we're both under construction. So long before you met David and long before you went to like it matters, You've been uh, on the journey of self-improvement. You've been on the journey. Tons, I mean, you're a, yeah. 
right? Yeah, you're a you're a mm-hmm. you're a massage therapist, but you also do yoga. I mean, you're you've been on a journey for how long to improve yourself? How long have you been on this journey? Uh, since about a year after college, so twenty three. I'm so many years. Okay, so so you, yeah, you know, she, she's only thirty five. So just uh, that's just a couple of years. But she uh, uh, she looks like it. She looks like she's only thirty five. But uh, so you you were under in construction. You knew there were issues you were working on. You help other people just like I do. Some people think Kim because I help other people, I got it all figured out. Oh my gosh, I share my brokenness. I share my struggles. Uh, my wife sometimes I wonder if she even likes me. Nevertheless, loves me. So we're all flawed. We all fall short of the glory. God. I always tell people that. So, but my training is unique. So, you signed up for my class. Uh, you went to my class, and and be honest. Uh, you won't hurt in my feelings or anything. But five minutes into it, you know, because the class we don't tell a lot about class. Five minutes into the process, what's going through your head? What are you thinking? Are you excited? Are you scared? Was it what you expected? What's going on? Well, honestly, I was really excited. I know that I need connection with people at a deep level and I knew it would be something like connecting with people. I also have differing religious views so that yep. um, that permeated a little bit throughout but it totally dissipated yep. for the most part. Um, and yep. that was, it was not too much but that uh, that aspect uh, the, the, the power of the course just overrid all of my ego stuff with that. Uh, yeah. I still well, people have pre- Yeah. Yeah. Well, people yeah. have preconceived notions, right? And I, I'm very uh, bold with my faith and not purposely. It's just who I am. Whatever I believe in, I talk about. I think you're getting to know me as well. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's politics. I don't care if it's religion. I don't care if it's issues between men and women. I'm a pretty open guy and I'm, uh, I'm pretty talkative. And so uh, I do share my faith boldly, but that is not a religious class. Uh, I have a lot of friends yep. who are non-religious. I have Muslim friends. I study the Quran. So, but you know, from the overflow of the heart and the mouth does speak. And if I was a pervert, the more I talk, you would hear sexual innuendo come out of my mouth. If I was a, a right. hateful person, right, the more I talked, you would hear hate coming out of my mouth. And exactly. I am a man of God. Exactly. So the more I talk, you're going to hear scripture come out of my mouth. But yeah, but you went into it kind of worried about that, not sure. But like you said, once you realized it wasn't about that uh, and it was about you, that all changed, correct? Yeah, and I really appreciate that about the course that that uh, you you are interested in teaching people not not of any yep that you don't have to be of any specific nope. anything. Nope. And we had all kinds of different people in there, right? We had people that definitely did not believe in God. We had people that believed in maybe a different version of God, right? Uh, we had people mm-hmm. that have lifestyles that some someone like me not, might not approve of or some of my belief systems. But So you saw that. We were homosexual, LGBTQ, uh, people who believed in God, people who didn't, uh, people who were tattoo-less, people who had lots of tattoos, right? I mean, we had a pretty wide spectrum of people, correct? Correct. Very much so. Yeah. yeah, older people, younger people, black, brown, white, all different backgrounds. And uh, let me ask you, kind of jumping the gun, we're going to the end first, but what do you feel about these person, people? What did you experience with this total group of strangers from all walks of life? As, a, as human beings, what did you experience as coming together? Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm getting chills because that's what was by far the most important part of the class is the team is the connection with the team because that like I said I have issues with connecting with people 
And to be able to do that on the level we did was um, was just amazing. To be able to trust at a level, like you said, to remember the things that you want to of people, but under pressure, because it's easy to do that. Love people when I'm feeling great, but mm-hmm. to do it under these uh, circumstances, which you geniusly laid out for us with the help of so many tools, um, was was really great and really uh, empowering, really. And I'm just hoping to continue to connect with them for a long, long time. Yeah, I mean, we have so many people, you know, the the social distancing, you know, it's uh, and I've said for the last two years, you know, we've been social distancing for decades. I mean, just smart technology, smartphones, all that has just increased the, the separation. But what happened with the physical yeah. distancing is we actually made it worse because we have been social distancing. I'll see two people sitting at a dinner table together in a restaurant and they're on their phones texting, playing games, doing all that. So even though they're physically close to each other in proximity, uh, they're socially distant. And now all we've done is add actual physical distance. So now we crawl into our shells, we're by our house in our home, there's no one around us for days at a time, uh, and it's making it worse. But what you experienced was one thing I say in class, we have a world that's wanting us to focus on our differences. But if you think about it, we are far more similar than we are different. You know, we had to go around in the circles. One of my favorite things, Kim, that we do in that process is what I call the circle process. Not when we put our hand up, you know, that one part, uh, and not even the nurturing that we do, but that part where we just look in each other's soul. Remember, we go around the room, it's dark, and yeah. I have you look into people's soul. I say, and the words I say is, this is a living, breathing human being. This person has mm-hmm. dreams and desires. They want to love and be loved just like you do. And that that's transformational. When you look at people that way, that forever alters your psyche, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, I get chills just uh, thinking about those experiences. Yeah, it's stunning. And how many times in life have we shared space with someone and not really got to know them? I mean, I I have four brothers and sisters. There's five of us in our family. And we're going to talk after the break about family of origin issues. We don't have to go into specific details. But, you know, our, our family of origin, what happens when we're children, stays with us for a long time unless we fix it. Uh, and our parents mm-hmm. did the best they had with what they had. Let's be honest. They did the best they could. Uh, but then we become a byproduct of that. And our belief systems put in place by the time we're six years old and the majority of our map of reality is already in place and yet we go on for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years and we're functioning under old belief systems but in brand new environments. And so after the break, Kim, we're going to get ready to go hard break. I want to talk specifically about your experience, about um, when the shift took place for you, when you got out of your head and really started to buy in. And also want to talk about what is the greatest benefit in that 40 hours that you gained. So stay with me. We'll take a three-minute break. I'm Mr. Black. Today we're talking about epigenetics with a recent graduate on Like It Matters. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Fraser Crane. I'm listening. Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back because between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. 
welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black. And today, we are so blessed. We have one of our recent graduates from Minneapolis, Team 233. Let's welcome back Kim to Like It Matters Radio. Again, Kim, thank you so much for joining us. Hello again. Uh, So, you got to tell me. So at some point in the training, because it is intense, right? It, uh, I'm not there to be yeah. your buddy, not there to be your friend. I tell people nope. that right off the bat. Yeah. And uh, so at, at some point, you know, I put pressure. And a lot of people take it personal. You know, they get bitter. They get angry. Mm-hmm. They get verbally abusive. You saw that. You had one person quit the first night. One person quit the second day. So that goes on. But at some point, when you stop making about, you know, what I'm saying and what I'm doing, when we get your focus off of me and get it on yourself, a shift takes place where all of a sudden it kind of takes over and envelops you and you, you find yourself getting into it more. Where, where do you think that shift took place for you? Well, I think uh, definitely there was a there was a segment where we were cheering each other on. Well, we were doing that a lot, but there yep. was one segment where everyone had to walk around and we, we uh, did yell a lot, which is why my voice is mm. still gone. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, they were yelling out their passions and desires, or I can't exactly remember, but, yeah. um, yep. and, and we were cheering them on and I was just crying. I cried a lot on that weekend, but yeah. <laughs> uh, just yelling, cheering these people on was so powerful yeah. to, to just have extreme passion and love for, for, for what's coming out of their pain. Yeah. And, and for some reason, touching that is, is yeah. what I know that I need to be able to see just in humanity in general, the p- people closest yeah. to me, but further and further out just in general with people. And so, yeah, that was, and that was so that was powerful, a big shift. Was like shaking, yeah. cheering people on. Um, yeah. and, and just realizing cool how much being on that side of it, of, yep. of loving people, because that's what I have wanted to be able to do that and to see that I, yep. that people, that, that there's a connection there. So it's kind of hard to explain. Yeah. No, it's absolutely right on. And, you know, we talk, we, there's the book of fears out there. The number two fear in the world uh, is uh, public speaking. Uh, number one is burning to death by fire. So translated literally, people would rather burn to death by fire than speak in public. And so what I do is I take the number one fear in the world, public speaking, and as I use it as a battering ram. And I teach intensity. So I, I teach projection. And so uh, if you're going to say something, because a lot of people speak very softly, a lot of people are mealy mouth a lot of people say things just throw it out there but are afraid to back it up and don't believe it and so whatever we say in our class we have them project full projection full passion uh, everything in the now moment because if it's worth saying it's worth saying well and a byproduct of that is you're going to put pressure on a wall and that biggest wall in the world when that comes down then the walls behind it fear of rejection fear of embarrassment wanting to be liked low self-esteem low self-worth see all those uh, are byproducts of something else and so what I keep doing is metting it backwards and backwards and backwards and you know it is one of those true things that when we can get our focus off our own misery off our own struggles and focus in on somebody else uh, it's freeing uh, it, it's mm-hmm. powerful 
uh, and it lets us know that we're not alone because misery does love company. And I believe the reason why we say that misery loves company, part of it is because so many of us feel alone out there. So many of us feel like we're going through these struggles, that no one understands me, that nobody gets it. The whole privilege movement out there, you know, this person's privilege, that person's privilege. Don't you hear it's the same thing? It's life. Not mm-hmm. life's not fair. You got stuff. I don't got stuff. You don't know my pain. You don't know my struggles. That's all. That's not being said, but that's all wrapped up into it. And in our training, what's cool is we actually do understand each other's pain. We share our pain. We walk together in our pain, and we realize that we all have pain. And it's not that we have pain that matters. What matters is what are we doing with that pain? Are we letting that pain make us bitter? Or are we making that pain make us better? Because pain creates a chasm for joy to fill up. And, and I firmly believe this, and, and I know it doesn't sound well, but I'm going to say it anyways, that God cares how we struggle. You know, in Auschwitz, I remember there was something read up there that that uh, uh, I, it's gonna, I'm going to have a hard time forgiving God for Auschwitz or whatever it was. And, and someone said something like that. And it was like, whoa, that's not who God is. That's not what God allows. Unfortunately, God gives us free will. And because of free will, sometimes we're going to do things that aren't good because we're flawed. And there's been a lot of things in our lives that happened to us from people that wanted to do good, people who said they loved us, but caused a lot of pain. And that happened when we were six years old or 10 years old or 12 years old or 22 years old. And now we're 42 years old or 48 years old or 56 years old or 32 years old. And we're still running in the same old pain as old programs. And so this weekend you were able to uh, let out some of your own and walk in some other people's pain. And what happens, you can build rapport. You built a camaraderie. Mm-hmm. You had an understanding. And so you built a relationship, a friendship. And uh, it's so powerful. It's priceless. That right there, like you just said, is one of the greatest things that come out of my training. We take a group of strangers from all walks of life, from all income levels. And in two and a half days, they become brothers and sisters. I mean, remember Mr. Mr. Woods. Mr. Woods is black. Uh, just so everybody else knows. I mean, you know that. I know that. But Mr. Woods is black. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he uh, uh, and he re- he reminded me of a good friend of mine, Adrian Brown. And Adrian staffed with me 10 times. And so I accidentally, I associate people based on their mannerisms. And so I didn't realize I had called Mr. Woods, Mr. Brown, a couple times. And then su- Saturday morning when I called his name for the first half final, I said, Mr. Brown. And Miss Black goes, it's Mr. Woods. I go, oh, my gosh. And do you remember the first thing Mr. Woods said? Now, he said it with a smile on his face, but I was offended because I thought I offended him. Do you remember the first thing he said was? You know, I missed that. I remember his smile and I now, remember let me, let me tell you what he said. He said, he called me Mr. Brown because I'm black. That was the first words out of his mouth. He called me Mr. Brown because yeah, I'm that's black. Yeah, yeah, and that, yeah. yeah, and that hurt because man, I rel against racism and Ouch. all that, and it's just, yeah, he has just mannerism like that, and I had to address that. Notice I didn't let it go. I said something to him from my heart, apologizing, mm-hmm. and that was not. And he said, "Oh, I'm just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding." But so many times out there in the real world, that stuff happens, and nobody says anything, and then resentment builds up. 
grudge builds up and then we get the negative narrative from society and then it feeds this whole hatred and bitterness and he's a racist no you're a racist i mean it's just a mess but let's go back to your class let me ask Mm -hmm. you if you had to pinpoint something right now 48 hours with me in the world of mr black what's different in kim's life today what's your greatest benefit kim that you feel you've gotten from that class so far Oh, gosh. Uh, I think being able to stay with my own, uh, I just can only use the word love still, to be able to love people even when they're not loving me back. Like, I've always been able to do that as long as I get enough sleep. That's my big thing. (laughs) And, you know, or, or, you know, but then I hit those walls when I feel like people, uh, you know, might not be responding exactly as I would like and I get so triggered and to be able to not, to be able to reprogram and I know it's yep. it's a process, like you say, yep. it's creating yep. patterns, but definitely yep. I've started that. It's very subtle and I, I, I feel yep. a very firm, grounded, subtle difference already and I'm, feel- I'm very hopeful. Yeah, it's in control, right? It, it kind of gives you control because you said before, under yeah. these circumstances, if I get enough sleep, if, if A, B, C, and D, then I can be nice. However, what you did is you precluded all that other stuff. And what you realized is, yeah, that's your preference. If you got this much sleep and at this kind of food and have this much rest, then yeah, that's your preference and you can treat people well. But I think what you realized is you're much more flexible than that. You can also do that even though you don't have the proper amount of sleep. Is that fair? Yeah, I can I can not shut down. I tend to shut down and it's yep. very hard on my body. It's yep. it's not helpful to any other people. I can't really give of myself to to yep. a large extent. So yep. it's nice and, and when you can give of yourself out of that pain, like you say, that's the most powerful anyway. So it's like yep, I don't know why. Absolutely. Yep. Isn't that amazing? And we hide our pain. We avoid our pain. No, we should share our pain, not to play the victim, because we've all been victimized, right. but be careful what we attach to identity. We've all been victimized. But when we when we can walk in someone else's pain, that is the ultimate communication. We look them in their eyes. We understand their pain. We walk next to them. We give my hand around them or hand up. Uh, and then that is my brother. Now, who is my mother? Who is my brother? Jesus said, and he or she who does the will of my father, that is my mother. That is my brother. And they will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. And love's a verb. What, what would you tell to people, Kim? We're getting ready to go to a heartbreak. What would you tell people about their listing? Why should someone attend this training? What would you tell them? I would say to expand your circle of love, like the quote, I swear you must have printed it out and passed it out for me because it said, <laughs> you're the extent, if you can't share the pain of anyone past your own family, you will not be able yep. to be a leader anywhere past your own family. And that's exactly, yep. you know, kind of where I hit walls, you know, so just expanding. I know it's different for everyone, but just being able to yep. expand that love when you hit those walls of pain. Yep. For me. Uh, so cool. When I hit And I'm a yeah, and you're a good person. A good person who's done a lot on her own, and now you got a team of people. You got a great fiance. Uh, you got Mr. Black yeah. now in your corner for whenever you need it. You got a team, and so Kim, I'm so thankful for you. I appreciate you. I'm so thankful me. for you. Thank you. And my fiance, uh, we probably wouldn't even be together if it weren't for you. I have no uh, idea, but I, I know you've been uh, a huge influence on his life. Great positive influence. 
Oh, well, thank you. It means a lot to me. Well, God bless you, you and we'll talk soon, okay, Kim? All God right. Bless bye you. bye. Bye-bye. So, ladies and gentlemen, after the break, we're going to break down what is epigenetics and how does it show up with all we've been talking about in these last three segments. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thank you. Here's a real student testimonial from Like It Matters Leadership Awakening Training. The way we met Scott was through an answered prayer. We had a, uh, a business associate who recommended a leadership training process. Initially, you know, I had been through uh, just a series of all kinds of leadership training and felt like I had been trained as much as I possibly could. You know, we went and went hesitantly. But the one thing, it would have to be consistent with my faith. And uh, it was your awakening class. And uh, that class was absolutely not only uh, the the answer to prayers, uh, business, but personally. It gave us the tools and it gave us the foundation to be able to really formalize and verbalize our values. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black. And you know, I am so blessed. You know, this last class we had last weekend, and by the way, if you want to read about it, you can go to likeitmatters.net, likeitmatters.net. And by the way, uh, we are coming back to Minneapolis uh, uh, June 30th through July 2nd. June 30th this Thursday uh, will be done by July 2nd. And then uh, Mr. Black and family are going to stay up in the Twin Cities for a week uh, through uh, July 10th. We'll celebrate 4th of July with our Minnesota family. Right on. Uh, and then we'll stay up there and work a little bit. I'll get to be in the studio live with John and Lee. And nothing like being in the studio with those two guys. They're great guys. You have no idea the great team at Salem, your local Salem there. Uh, great people, great team, uh, great energy. And so today what I want to finish up is basically talk about the battle. The battle is in the mind. And once you realize it, and this is what this is what Kim was talking about. The quote I shared yesterday with John MacArthur, uh, you can exercise and sustain personal leadership only to the extent of your capacity to bear pain. If you can't bear your own pain, then you can't really lead. If you can respond to and bear only the pain of your family, then your family represents the full scope of your leadership potential. If, however, by God's grace, you can recognize and bear the pain of those around you, then the breadth of your leadership potential is limited only by the scope of your burden and capacity. See, that's the key. That's the key. What do you do with pain? Most people use pain to feel sorry for themselves, uh, to make it about them. And that's absolutely sad because that's not what it's supposed to be. I pity myself. Yeah, that's the problem. You're right, Mr. T. Uh, He pities himself. And that's what most people say. You know, most people, Mr. T, you say, I pity the fool. But let's be honest. That little clip that John just played was absolutely right. Where's pity? It's ourselves. And why? Because we're being programmed that way. We're being programmed that way. There's a lot of shame. You know, Kim, who just was on the radio with us, you know, she, at the end of each of my classes, uh, I have them fill out a four question uh, questionnaire called Share Your Fire. And the third question is, in a few words, why should someone attend Leadership Awakening? Ready? And this is what she said. She, I mean, she shared it at class. She didn't know I'd share it on the radio. She said, to touch their pain and shame. Isn't that powerful? 
to touch their pain and shame and transform it. See, not to touch it to feel sorry for yourself, not to touch it to blame the world for your problems, not to touch it because you're a victim, not to touch it so you can feel sorry for yourself. But Kim was right on. To touch their pain and shame and transform it. I'm going to tell you right now, I share my screwed upness. I share my brokenness. I'm not Tony Robbins wanting you to elevate me to God status. Nope, I'm a flawed, broken human being just like you are. And I'm going to tell you right now, I have identity issues. I deal with shame. I deal with a lot of guilt. My mom taught me guilt well. Uh, and whenever there's a problem, it's always my fault. Uh, you know, I feel a lot of guilt. If I can't help someone needs help, I feel bad. If I help someone and they don't respond the way they're supposed to, I feel bad. Uh, if I give everything I got to pour into somebody, uh, and they walk out on me, I feel bad. If I, do you see? So I'm just telling you, this is a battle of mine. And I've been battling for 30 years. I'm one of the hardest people to give instruction, I mean, to give a compliment to because I won't take it because I know how flawed I am. I know how broken I am. I know how screwed up I am. Not going to do it. Want to be prudent, right? That's absolutely correct. And so you got to know, ladies and gentlemen, there's no, we got to deal with this stuff. We got to become the person we were created to be. But here's the problem. With 30 to 60,000 thoughts per day, that's a study of epigenetics. We are basically all driven by our environment. And the greatest environment is between our head, between the stimulus and the response in our head, I should say, not between our head. I was going to say between our head and heart. That's the greatest gap in life. The greatest distance, the grand chasm in most people's life is from their head to their heart. But the, the greatest frustration is what do we do with this pain? Because we all have it to different degrees. And what we got to do is realize as we're processing all this pain, the 30, 60,000 thoughts per day, which is self-talk, we also are inundated with so many exabytes of information and we're being programmed. This is not political. This is reality. You've got to turn off some of these negative programs out there. It's so bad. It's so bitter. We're being taught to hate. We're being taught to fear. I mean, this is in today's paper. This shows you. And this is just, if you just get off the blue team and red team, get off who's a Christian, who's not a Christian, and start just looking at reality, MSNBC analyst reveals dark strategy to cut brutal midterm losses. Scare the crap out of the Democrats' base. So this is mainstream media, state-run media, because we know the media is part of the Democratic Party. It's just what it is. Uh, so here's the Democrats' issue. Here's how they're going to make you vote for Biden again. Here's how they're going to make you vote for the mess that we're in. MSNBC analyst John Holloman revealed a dark strategy Democrats are, are using to curb potential losses during the November midterm. And they said, Hellerman said inflation is, quote, psychologically the most devastating thing politically. And said the key to mitigating losses, according to the strategy, was to make Donald Trump the face of the Republican Party. See, this is why they got to make you hate him. This is why January 6th, you got to believe it's a insurrection, resurrection, insurrection. This is why January 6th, it's got to be the worst thing that's ever happened in America. You've got to hate Republicans. You've got to hate people like me. You've got to hate me. They want you to hate me and call me a racist and a bigot and a homophobe and talk about China. Um... How wonderful China is. I love them. And China. I love them. 
Yeah, and I love my Chinese friends. I love China. I love Chinese food, so I'm not saying anything bad about Chinese people. But the country of China is our enemy. They are working to destroy us. So here's this guy says this quote: "They have to scare the crap out of the Democratic base. They got to get them scared to death to come out like their life depended on it. The Democrats can't motivate people on the basis of hope." or their pocketbooks, or any of their accomplishments. They have to, quote, scare the crap out of them. This is what their own people are saying. The strategy that people are kind of thinking about now is we're going to have these January 6th committee hearings. Donald Trump's going to be in the spotlight. Let's take Donald Trump, let's take the January 6th committee, the threat he poses to democracy, and let's make Trump the face of the Republican Party. Let's talk about uh, uh, Taylor, Mar- Marjorie Greene, Lauren Boebert, uh, Madison Cawthorn. Say this party is crazy town. It's Trumpist, and that Trump is the biggest threat to our democracy. I mean, they're telling you what they're going to do. Dem- Democrats are thinking about what kind of strategy can incorporate these events in a way that would maybe at least point towards the path to limit loss, if not hold the House. There's never been a time where Democrats uniformly have been more convinced that they're going to lose. So we got to pull out all stops and scare the crap out of everybody. Go get him. So this is what we're in for. And by the way, study the University of Washington 20 years ago did a study. That fear is used in a political process because it's most effective weapon. That if you can get people scared of COVID, scared of Corona, scared of the person next to them, scared to go to the polls, and they can have now 20 million people just mailed absentee ballots, just mailed mail-in ballots, and there's no ID required, no confirmation that someone saw who voted. You just fill out one vote just for Biden, and there's your perfect papers, never folded, never spindle never mutilated just off the printer and millions of them in the mail so only voting for joe biden nobody else that's how we got to what we got but it took a lot of fear you had to fear the trump you had to fear the corona you had to fear people you had to fear going to work you had to fear a sneeze you had to fear a cough you had to fear anybody that didn't have a mask on you had to fear being in the presence of anybody even with a mask so you stay in your house you cash your checks you get fatter you order DoorDash. you look at porn you watch play games and, and stream movies and we get fat lazy tired and we wondered why we're in the mess we're in. See, ladies and gentlemen, we got to deal with the battle between the stimulus and the response. Remember Dr. Viktor Frankl said between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is your power. It is your freedom. And ladies and gentlemen, what we got to do is you got to go inside your head. You got to take a look at all the stuff going on in there, 30 to 60,000 thoughts per day. What we believe is what we hear over and over and over. That comes from our self-talk. Our self-talk comes from our belief systems. Our belief systems, the majority of the map reality has been in place by the time we're six years old. Some of us had a lot of trauma when we were six, a lot of drama when we were 12, a lot of drama when we were 16, a lot of pain and hurt when we were 20, 21. But now we're 40 or 50 or 60, but we're still running old programs. So you got to get in there and you got to take a look at what's going on in your head. You got to grab a hold of it, some truth therapy, and you got to ask yourself, is this serve me well or does this not serve me well? Is this true or is this not true? When I tune into what's going on in my head, I ask myself this one question. Is that me? Is that the devil? Or is that God? Because only one of the three has any value, but in my head, they all sound like me. In your head, they all sound like you. So go to likeitmatters.net. Reach out to me at Mr. Black at likeitmattersradio.com. 
And let me help you. Let me help you be the best version of yourself. Let me help you clean up what's going on in your head and heart. Let me help you give you back the power and the freedom that is present between the stimulus and the response. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. Is it safe? The crisis is only deepening. It's not getting better, it's deepening. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.